This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to Series 7, Episode 12 of Out with Susie Ruffle. I am very excited to share today's conversation with you. I've got a brilliant episode with the brilliant Ben Aldridge, who is an actor, a Hollywood actor. It's very exciting that he's come on the show and I loved meeting him and spending some time with him. Oh, guys, I fell in love with him a little bit. We had such a brilliant conversation. We'd never met before. Well, we met really, really briefly, actually, to be honest. We met really briefly at the Attitude Awards. He's a friend of my dear friend, Tom Allen. And I asked him to come on the show and he was very keen to, which was lovely. And yeah, I can't wait for you to hear about his story and what it's like being an out actor and the fact that he's doing Hollywood. It's all very, very exciting. But before that, I need to say thank you to those of you that got in touch after last week's episode with the brilliant Johnny Wu. If you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend it. And I hope that whenever you're listening to this, you are having a really good day. It is currently a Sunday, the 28th of May, 2023. It is just gone midday and the sun is shining and we are going to the beach this afternoon. So I feel very, very lucky indeed. As always, I'm going to share with you some listener emails. Uh, Please get in touch. If you want to, you always can. I'm always here to receive your emails. The email is hello at outwithsusieruffle.com. I would love to have some more emails from you. As you know, I love receiving them. And this was going to be the final episode of the series, but I think I have maybe one or maybe even two more interviewees that have said yes, that I'm going to try and squeeze in in the next couple of weeks. So hopefully there'll be some more episodes coming in this series. But before that, let me share a couple of emails with you before we get into the brilliant conversation with Ben. Hi, Susie. Just listening to the latest episode of Out, and I really wanted to share a short piece of writing with you. I am doing a memoir writing course with Kathy Renzenbrink, and the prompt to this task was a significant piece of music. This piece is called Not Coming Out. I've never come out, but the song Constant Craving by Katie Lang was the backdrop to when I first fell in love with a woman. She was, and probably still is, called Wendy, and we met on a TEFL course. She rode a motorbike and worked for the PRS and looked like a lesbian. Up until that point, I saw myself as an ally. I would go on gay pride marches, sing the chorus of Glad to be Gay at the top of my lungs, and wear a pink triangle badge in solidarity with my gay friends. But I wasn't the same as them. I wasn't in their gang, just an honorary member. I had a boyfriend, you see. He was an ally too. And that meant sometimes he would accompany me on the marches, whether I wanted him to or not. And then came Wendy. Flipping heck. Dear God, did she rock my world. We started going for a drink after class and she would bring a helmet and give me a ride home on the back of her motorbike. 
from town back to London Bridge where my boyfriend and I had an ex-council flat together. Then one day, whilst he was away for work and I was decorating our bedroom, I had this urge to be with her. I felt it in my whole heart, the rightness of it. So I wrote her a letter and I got on my racing bike and cycled to her flat in Brixton to knock on the door. Brackets, the London Lesbian and Gay Film Festival made me do it, exclamation mark. We were together all that summer, finding any time we could to meet. I was doing a placement in a primary school for my PGCE, and I would sneak off to be with her during my lunch breaks. Then one day, she called the flat where my boyfriend and I were on our way out somewhere. When I ended the call, he said, you love her, don't you? I couldn't lie. There followed some incredibly tough times. I went away for a while pondering the choice I was given. Have an open relationship or end it with Wendy. I couldn't love more than one person at once, right? I had a rubbish childhood and that left me with the overriding feeling that I should be the normal one. Do the right thing and so I chose to end my affair with Wendy. I will never know what would have happened if I had chose differently. As it was, I still continue my life trying to be normal. I got married and we had children as lots of people do, all safe, all in the right order, pleasing everyone except myself. But guess what? It didn't work. There was always a constant craving. In September this year, my partner Julie and I are going to convert our civil partnership of 20 years into marriage, and our song will be The First Time I Ever Saw Your Face. I've still not come out though. I absolutely adore your podcast and your stand-up. Out works like a bit of magic to me, I drop in when I need to and always hear what I need to hear. The last one I was listening to was Natasha Devon, who talks so openly about identity. I've changed my name, well, simplified it, and that feels like the most empowering thing to have done. Please feel free to use it if you read this out. Big love, Kate. Thank you so much for sharing your writing with us all from your writing course, and it seems like you're doing brilliantly. I loved it. And I'm sure so many people will align to that idea of trying to fit into a box that was never right for you anyway and I'm so pleased that you are happy and that you're converting your civil partnership into marriage Um, I hope that you both have a wonderful day and thank you so much for sending in your writing to us okay let's have one more hi Susie I really wanted to thank you for being such a clear trans ally especially as a well-known woman and putting your head above the parapet I'm Ollie a cis bi guy who only came out five years ago at the age of 30 and I've had two trans partners, one of whom was a trans woman. The relentless wave of anti-trans rhetoric that has been pummeling the UK for the last few years and the toxic discourse on social media have made people like you who are actually ready to stand up for your LGBT siblings very rare. As a cis person, I find it horribly depressing how much hate is pushed in the direction towards my wonderful partner Lucy, who really just wants to play guitar and get on with her life without seeing endless press describing her as a threat to cisgender women. Seeing your podcast advertised by Harry Nichols, listening and then hearing your emails that you read out made me dive into your back catalogue and I can't wait to listen. I suspect that the majority of cis LGB community is inclusive, but the rise of anti-trans groups trying to target us, I really needed the reminder. So personally, thank you for providing that. I loved your comedy when I was a young straight man and as a slightly older bi man, I'm thrilled to reconnect to it. Oh, that makes me feel so special. Thank you. The other thing I'd like to say is my partner Lucy is in a queer 
punk band called Hunting Hearts, who write songs about sex, love and political resistance. They regularly play at City Pride festivals and have a devoted following of LGBTQ young people who go crazy when they're on stage. They're often mobbed by the same youngsters who are desperate to let them know just how great it feels to be seen on stage and really appreciate them being both punk and queer. Thanks again for what you're doing. Seeing cis people being allies is really what the trans community needs right now, especially in the UK. And I really hope that we get to hear from those Ukrainian LGBT people that were mentioned by another Oliver in a previous email in. Yes, I'm going to do everything I can to try and get in touch with them for the next series. With best wishes, and that's from Ollie. Ollie, thank you so much for getting in touch. I always find it strange when people thank me for being a trans ally because it seems like such a normal and right thing to do. Why would I do anything other than that? But I wanted to share that because hopefully other people listening, it might make them uh, be a bit louder in their allyship. But thank you for getting in touch. And I really hope that you enjoy your deep dive into the last seven series. I'm very, very proud of this podcast and it really means a lot to me. And I love that people are finding it now and listening to it. Who knows when someone might be listening to this one? As I said, it's May 2023 now. Who knows when you'll be listening? But thank you so much for getting in touch and for sharing Hunting Hearts with us. And I I highly recommend people look them up and see where they're playing and maybe go and support them. Okay, let's go on with today's conversation with the brilliant Ben Aldridge. As I told you at the top, I fell in love with him. I think you're going to too, so watch out. He is a gorgeous person and I loved spending an hour with him talking. Here it is. Oh, listener, I've been really looking forward to this one. Today I am joined by a bona fide, I'm going to say a Hollywood hunk. I'm sitting right opposite him. It's Ben Aldridge. Now, you'll know him from Fleabag, Our Girl, Lark Rise to Candleford, Pennyworth, gorgeous gay rom-com spoiler alert, and the new thriller Knock at the Cabin. Deciding to come out publicly three years ago on National Coming Out Day, Ben said he didn't realise quite how much relief he'd feel. But, it seems, being authentically himself has had some part, his talent's a massive part of it as well, of course, but some a small part to play in some newfound fame in Hollywood. In Spoiler Alert, he plays a gay man navigating the world with a terminal cancer diagnosis with on-screen husband Jim Parsons, a beautiful film. I can't recommend it enough, though you will weep. You will weep, so be warned. You need to do it on a day where you feel strong enough for that. And the intense psychological thriller, Knock on the Cabin, which my wife and I watched last night. It was quite frightening and I had to keep the lights on all the way up until I got to bed. (laughs) Where, Where he plays a gay dad literally fighting for survival. Whilst enjoying my prep for this interview, I was so heartened to watch these two movies with gay characters as the protagonists, real authentic guys that I felt like I knew. I knew these people and I could connect with these people rather than people like us being just a punchline or a super gay best friend. (laughs) Ben is a gifted and versatile actor that really embodies the world of his characters. With two movies out in the last two months, he is currently on a Skyward trajectory. So I am so grateful he has made time to sit down with me today. Welcome to the show, Ben. Oh my God, Susie Ruffle, that was... I mean, I just... That was gorgeous. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. You're Thank having you. a moment, though. <laughs> I mean, and any chubby boy, he looks really good in like a chunky knit that he's wearing as well. Just to give, <laughs> I want everyone you. to have this. Set the scene. Set the scene. Set, set the, the scene. scene. Yeah. There's a chunky knit happening. There's a couple of rings. It looks very good. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm glad you've let everyone know that. Um, <laughs> thank you. That was a lovely introduction. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, thank you. Not bad at all. Yeah, I'm so glad that there is a blue sky. Oh, it's good, isn't it? In London today. And there's blossom. There's magnolia. There's cherry blossom. Cycled in on a lime bike. Oh, yeah, get had a little, you. Had a little, like, London moment. It was nice. So, yeah. Very pleased, nice. very pleased to be here. Right, my first question. Yeah. What's Sally Field like? <gasps> Legendary legend. Is she like? She is. Tell yeah. me everything. She's tell everything. She's everything. everything you want her to be, but also, but but more because I feel like. So to give people context, Sally Field is in the movie. Spoiler alert. Yes. With you and Jim Parsons. Yes. And she plays my she mum. She plays your mum. Yeah. And she, I mean. Yeah, she, we love her. Of course, we love, love her. Love, love, love. Yeah, she's spicy. I feel like she's she's America's sweetheart. Yeah. And and for that reason, I don't know. She's played a lot of. Sweethearts, a lot yeah. of sweet characters, yeah. but she, there is a lot of spice and a bit of sass. And yeah. like, she's a worker as well. You know, she's been doing this for a long time and she's so passionate about the scene and the acting. Mm. And that's really all she's there for. And me and Jim were, I have to say, we, we'd it, it'd been probably about just the two of us, about two and a half weeks just doing scenes, just the yeah. two of us. Because how it happens is it's, you get the diagnosis at the beginning of the movie and it's sort of, a lot yeah. of it's happening in flashback. Yeah. Of you learning about this couple's sort of journey and they yeah. they may be on the page they might seem like unlikely lovers but actually they really work together yeah absolutely yeah and, and based on a true story or on, mm-hmm. on, on a memoir of the same name by Michael Ciello who was on set with us the, the whole time at the monitor mm. which was an interesting push. how was that playing his partner that he'd written this yeah that heartbreaking was, book about that it was it was a, it was an interesting thing for me to navigate i think to have mm. him there he was so generous and, and and was just there made himself an open resource for me even though the book is is so um detailed he uh yeah he would be there to talk through kind of levels of, of pain that kit would be in or very specific things he would mm. he was there as this presence but it was a very strange strange thing to think that he was sat at the monitor watching me play his late husband but sally so yes, be, so sorry, being Jim sorry. And I, no 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 <laughs> I, been... I have a recent diagnosis of adhd so it will go all over <laughs> oh, the shop <laughs> enjoy brilliant i can never i can never stick to one um, great idea one subject matter anyway um but yeah so sally it'd been the two of us doing this like but it's basically a two-hand of the film a lot kind of mm-hmm. um other than sally and bill who play my parents in it yeah and a couple of friends that are in some great scenes but it'd been the two of us very intense mm-hmm. and then our our first day with her just felt like it felt weird having someone else in the mm. in the room on, on camera with us. But I mean, it was Sally Field, and we were both. You just look, I was just looking into her eyes, thinking, "Well, I hope you think I can act." Yeah, of course. <laughs> it was just intimidating. And the first scene we do with her is um, she she comes to the the hospital because not to the cancer diagnosis. It's way earlier in the story. Mm. It's a, it's appendicitis, and I it was quite. I had quite an out of out of body kind of like, I can't believe. I'm having, this feels like such a Hollywood moment that mm. I'm in a bed playing sick. I basically felt like Julia Roberts in Still Magnolias. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, I'm Julia Roberts, this is my Julia Roberts moment. It felt, it felt very special. Big but, mistake, huge, but huge she mistake. Was, wrong she, film, don't care. <laughs> yeah, wrong film. Um, but she, she is wonderful in answer, in answer to your question. She is like, yeah, she's a legend. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it was exciting. It was really exciting. Also, I feel like for our generation, you can't help but be like, oh my God, you're in like, Mrs. Doubtfire and like yes. all of these huge 90s movies yeah. that were really like sort of I don't know like pivotal movies in yeah. the 90s 
iconic as well yeah yeah and also she you know she has her she has a queer son mm -hmm. as well she's a she's a real spokesperson for our community yes and she had real skin in the game as well like there's, yeah. a, there's a coming out scene in which mm. all of us in the room had mm. our own version of it because uh bill also has uh, a gay son jim and i have our own stories there wow. uh, there's another actor actor in there who who was gay and and um it was a very improvised improvised kind of script a lot of the time it was really up for grabs yeah so the, it was amazing that she I don't know she was just she knew what was up it was mm, great She's that's brilliant cool. yeah well that was my first question um, <laughs> but normally we go that, that, just because that one was burning to get out of me but quite often we go it gave us a lot didn't it it did it was juicy it, and I loved it I, but I knew it would be okay, I was yeah. like if you bring Sally Phil oh and to that's the, the thing she's juicy so if you get her on the on Hollywood Tales <gasps> Like, oh. which which she didn't do very often, but like the the things I'm like, wow, she is Hollywood. Yeah, she used to work out in a gym next to uh, next to Sylvester Stallone, Why which I'm like, she? what? And also, she's really into exercise as well. She goes in the peloton every day. Yeah, I can believe that. Mm -hmm. I can believe that. Yeah, good for her. Yeah, do you know what? Good for her. <laughs> this this show is very nearly called Susie Ruffle. You know, not out with Susie Ruffle, just, you know, let's chat about Sally Field. But um, unfortunately, you would have been the only guest, but I still would have been Sally Ruffle. To do it. Sally Ruffle, hello. Um, so you, quite often we go chronologically uh -huh. through this chat. So you grew Through my gaydom or like through your, <laughs> through just my life. Through your life. Yes. I'm, like, you know, obviously your gaydom will come up, but I'm just more yeah. interested in you and how it's all become, you know, how you've, you, you're very, um, you're really smashing it. <laughs> and that's what this Thanks. podcast is about. It's about celebrating people, whether they're in the creative industry or not. Okay, great. But people that are just like from our community. And it's like, hey, babe, you're smashing it. Yeah, nice. Let's celebrate that. Yeah, great. I love um, that. So you grew up in Plymouth? Devon. Oh, Devon. Exeter, De actually. Exeter. Yeah, Exeter in Devon. Yeah. Right. Not far from Plymouth. Mm, just down the road. Yeah, the other major city. The other major with city. With a cathedral, so yeah. So to listeners from across the world yeah. who haven't been to Exeter, what would that look like? Exeter, relatively uh, small mm -hmm. city, mm -hmm. bombed in the war. Yeah. So some quite ugly architecture and some of also very beautiful yep. architecture. Lovely cathedral. Um, very near the coast, mm -hmm. the South Devon coast. Also very near the moors and lots of beautiful countryside. Um, and yeah, like quite, not, not quiet. But um, it's a student town as well, so mm. and I grew up right in the city. But um, all of my mum's family are farmers. My uncles all had farms, and um, we were outdoors a lot most weekends and stuff. So we had this like quite nice balance of like city life and then country life. That's very nice. And were you? What kind of kid were you? Were <laughs> you? No, I don't need to give you options. What no, kind I kind of avoid the option, but sure. Well, no, I can give you the option. I sort of thought, well, I read somewhere that you, when you were 10, you decided to not wear purple. Yeah, Because yeah, you thought wow. it might out you. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering about what Ben was like prior to having some sort of fear. Yeah, about pre-fear. Pre-fear, pre if you can go back that. Pre that awareness. Yeah, I, I think I was quite... Well, I was interested in what I'm interested in now. So I, I did. A lot, I was singing. I was dancing. Mm. I was. I danced a lot when I was young. I just danced around. I had a lot, of, a lot, a lot of energy, I think, and quite kind of quite performancey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was. That, those were my interests, and and we we grew up like my parents 
don't have creative professions, no. but they are like relatively creative people. I think if they had been parented differently themselves and if the times had been different, they would have ended up in creative professions. My dad's an amazing musician right, and singer and my mum is like super crafty and was a great dancer. And we grew up in a, a evangelical church, like Christian rock music. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I had, I was telling someone the other day, I had some albums by a all white Christian hip hop band called Great. Worldwide Worldwide Message Tribe. Shout, sure. out, shout out to them. Um, um, but within that, within the like kind of church framework that obviously I'm no longer a part of, and neither are they. It was quite kind of expressive. It was an expressive and creative church. There was a lot of singing. My yeah. mum was. <laughs> my mum was. This is lol. She was the. She was the head of um, uh, dance worship, which meant that like during the kind of rock music, the Christian rock music that was playing, people could kind of get a um, gymnastics ribbon or a, oh, wow. a, or a silk flag and there would be like dancing that was go on. But just improvised? Well. Yeah, just improvised. There wouldn't improvised. have been sort just, of any choreography happening? No there, might, no, no, there might have been a little bit of like choreography that you could copy actually. Sure, 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 sure. And they, my parents also used to put on, they used to put on a night called The Big Night Out, which was like, <laughs> it's like a Christian cabaret night that they used to like organize it would be like dinner and like magicians and christian music and like contemporary dance and so they were quite creative people so i guess all of that is to say that i grew up in like in an environment where i was very supported and free to to do dancing and singing and and acting and i went to a, an extracurricular stage school at the age of mm. eight for about two or three evenings a week and did like musical theater yes so, so yeah. What shows were you doing? My first ever show, I was learning piano at the time and there was a big old trade-off, trade-off, because <clears throat> I hated learning the piano, I wasn't mm-hmm. practicing and they were like, you, if you go and audition for this like extracurricular theatre school, you can give up the piano. Mm. It was a good negotiation. I got in and the first thing I did was Bugsy Malone played Great. Fizzy in Bugsy Malone. Sure. Because I grew up doing musical theatre as well so I'm yeah. always interested in like the... The shows that you, people did as kids. What, what was your first show? I think my first show was Annie Get Your Gun. Yeah, I did Annie Get Your Gun. And then I did Half a Sixpence. Oh, I don't even know Half a Sixpence. Oh, it's it's a classic tale of a, a boy having Half a Sixpence. <laughs> you know that one. Oh, yeah. You know that <laughs> Sounds one. Sounds good, yeah. Someone Sounds... else has the other Half a Sixpence, turns out he's rich. You know one of them. Oh, wow. Okay, nice. Yeah, um, great, great. But lots of shows like that. And for people that like weren't like, theatre kids yeah. when they were like I found such joy at musical theatre club like I didn't have loads of friends at school right and it was like do, like was it like a place for you where you were like I'm home this is brilliant yeah I loved it they were quite strict the people that ran it as well but there was just like there was a real sense of like <laughs> gossipy young kids mm-hmm. gossipy young stagey kids I remember like the I talented lo- boys and their chatty friends yes and I loved <laughs> I loved the dressing rooms backstage at the Barnfield Theatre in Exeter and there was a communal pot of cheap, like, super drug gel. Like, oh, every, yes! Every show we did, yeah, you had to have like, your hair slicked back. I don't yeah, know of course. what it was. So and it was that like, weird orange makeup. Yes, and then there's a picture of me and Bugs Malone, actually. Amazing bespoke little uh, tailored number that I'm wearing. <laughs> but I'm wearing so much red lipstick, which is my favourite bit of it, because it was like, obviously, your, your lips have to... Pop whilst of you're, whilst, and maybe a, bit of, forbid. maybe a bit of eyeliner. Yeah. You've got to be seen. Yeah, had some great. Costumes. Otherwise, they won't know if you've got eyes. Exactly, you know, that's you, the thing. you're They'd a blind child it. playing busy. <laughs> 
Yeah, but had a lot of fun there, stage by stage. Or shout out to stage by stage in Exeter. But yeah, lots of productions. Uh, the Wiz. Oh yeah, great show. Joseph. Uh, yes. Telling a dream coat, in which I played the Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's usually done as Elvis. Yes. They did it as a, a Michael Jackson medley. Oh. <laughs> yep. So I was Michael Michael Jackson Pharaoh. Oh um, wow. Christmas Carol. He's got range. He has got range. All sorts. <laughs> he has got range. He has. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's always funny, isn't it? Because you saying about you know it was quite strict. Mm. The, the Amdram place that I went to was really strict as well. People would treat it like, like there was one person in the cast who like had once had a job on the West End, <gasps> and it was like and 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 everyone treated it like everyone would get in like warm up. Yeah, you know, wow. like really, like, like having on like take the it seriously. Like, take it so seriously. Jazz shoes with like split soles. Oh yeah, everyone like really. Yes, but I it, remember a split sole jazz boot. Wow. Yes, I had the boot as well. The ones that are like trainers, where you could be like, I guess this is what I'd wear if I was, I don't know, in Forty Second Street <laughs> in town. <laughs> but it's it's a, it's a fun, yeah, it was fun for me. Yeah, like same, you, same. I yeah, I I um. I did so much of it, like three or four evenings a week is a lot. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a real commitment. It's like it's a job, <laughs> super commitment. Whilst doing school as well, yeah. like, but I did. I I I loved it. So I think that was yeah. In answer to your question, that was kind of like, yeah, that was me before, yeah, before maybe kind of like the the fear or the judgment or the the self awareness of of what the implications of being a kind of um, you know, creative stage kid. What yeah. Were. Because it's around the time where I think maybe we're about the same age. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe you're a little bit younger. I don't know. Oh, really uh, good. I'm, I'm 37. I'm also 37. Yeah. Thank God. God. God, you've achieved so much. Haven't you? No, you. You. Really you. I said you. you you've achieved so much. You you've, have. You've got amazing tattoos. You've yeah, got, you've that's got true. a kid. You've got like, wow. Yeah, you're, sure. sm- you're smashing it. Let me, let me you tell you. You know Sally Let Field. me say it back so to you. Smart. We're all smashing it. <laughs> I think you're blushing a little bit. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
But I'm imagining that you see, it didn't have as much of an impact on me. It had a little impact, but it didn't yeah. have as much of an impact on me. But you must have been at school when they were people were really throwing around that so gay. Oh my god. I remember yes. that being such a heavy weight. And yeah. I remember it being directed at the boys that came to my theatre. Oh yeah. You know, I it wasn't it wasn't something that people would really throw at me yeah right uh, even though I was like still mm, eating up all of that shame um, <laughs> yum, I'll yum, take yum. that num, num, num. Um, but that's the sort of thing like boys that were that came to we would always be low on boys because I think loads of boys really wanted to come to the theatre yeah club, right but there was just you just get so much stick that it would be like is it worth it yeah it's so funny that isn't it I mean for, for me at, at school it wasn't even if you were doing something that was particularly gay it was anything that was bad yeah right anything yeah, yeah, that yeah, was totally. just like shit or lame mm-hmm. or not cool was yeah, gay yeah and i i i think i i think the reason i started to like maybe think about being gay or not at the age of like seven or eight was that other kids were ca- calling it yeah other kids were calling it kind of in a and actually it was kind of a lot of stuff was more directed at me i think probably because of my interests and my i think i was probably quite Effeminate in in some in yeah. some ways. In fact, I think I know I definitely was. Yeah, or theatrical. Um, yeah, or theatrical. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. If I, I don't even know if I was. I was. I was um self conscious and self aware enough to know to not even be like that at school. I don't think I was even. Yeah, that's so I think I really sad. saved it for for stage by stage. <laughs> yeah, isn't that sad to think at that young age already? And I know so many people will be listening and being like, "Yeah, me too." Like so many of us had to like already like do a bit of like self-editing oh like, yeah it's... I was massive on self-editing I was really it actually makes me feel it's, it's kind of quite shocking for me to look back on on how kind of cripplingly self-aware I was and how I knew how not to behave mm-hmm. and I don't quite know how I learned that I think I think potentially a, a you know a bit a bit of bullying mm. but I yeah I did a lot of self-editing I I had a I had this like ju- uh, various like journals or notepads mm. or whatever where I would I would write things like lists of words that I I thought were kind of gay words to use and then lists of words that I should use that would make me kind of cooler and more masculine and Just imagining that, tiny you being like alright gays alright <laughs> 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 bruv right mate <laughs> mate was probably a bit of one actually where I thought oh yeah if I can if I can like work mate in or something then that but I also had lists of Friends that were girls and friends that were boys. Mm-hmm. And they had to, like, tally. They had to be equal. Because if, if I had more friends that were girls, then that would probably make me gay. That was my... My belief was the more the more female time I spent in female company, the more influence it would, it would have on me. And I really... I loved I loved girls. Yeah. And I did have, did have boyfriends as well, but I didn't feel as comfortable. And I had to make... I was always pushing myself. Like, with... Like, I tried desperately <laughs> to be good at football. Mm. And, like... But I've got no interest in it. My my brain didn't operate in a kind of team sport way. It never has done. Like you know, individual sports, yeah. But like the there's I don't know, there's something about it. <laughs> Just couldn't couldn't do it. But I like asked my mum to go to football camp, even though I cried and and Aww. didn't want to go. And I also collected um, Premier League stickers. Oh yeah, the um, the sticker books. The sticker books because they were massive when I was at school. I had no interest. Yeah. And I was amazed at how bo- boys could like know the number of on someone's shirt and, and like know the name and, and fact about them and like I I did all of that just to have a place and to fit in and stuff yeah. And, but yeah th- there was a lot of self-editing there's a lot of self-awareness there's a lot of effort that went into I often think 
what would it have been like if I hadn't grown up trying to change myself from mm. from an early age? You know, I, I would probably be much more flamboyant now. Yeah. I think. But I can't really see the, I can't, and my therapist will be like, it's not worth you trying to untangle all of it. Is that yeah. It's a bit chicken and eggy. Like, it, it's, it was so ingrained of me kind of like editing and, and choosing parts of myself that I kind of don't know what, I don't know what it would have been if it hadn't been filtered. Yeah. And I think sometimes we look back and go, oh, well, if that hadn't happened, if that hadn't happened, but it's, it sort of doesn't really get you anywhere other than like, oh, that's a bit sad, I guess. I don't know what you can do that's actually useful with it. And that is the way I look at it. I just kind of go, oh, that's a bit sad. And if I, you know, my nephew or niece or or if I had a kid, I'd hope it'd be slightly different for them. Mm. That's that's all kind of what I take away from it. But... But also, yeah. like, you know, if someone that age was now growing up, mm. you know, just looking like you and guys like Jim Parsons and Jonathan Groff, it's, you know, there are, now you can look out and go, oh, there are people that are doing really well and having great jobs and having great lives. It's it, like, were you aware of anyone that was no. an out gay man? No one. No, there was, I think... The for, I didn't really even know that he was gay, but at stage by stage, there there was a he was like quite a bit older than me, probably five years older than me, and he was very flamboyant. Mm. And I think he was the only, he was my only reference point for like a for what I thought was a gay person in, right. in real life. And I I was kind of terrified of him in a kind of homophobic way, yeah. really internalized homophobia, mm-hmm. because I was really I, I I was worried about I was always afraid of what I might become. Mm. from really from really young I was like oh I really don't want to be that but I love these things that are that I (laughs) that I think are probably going to get me there just so relate to that idea of like you know obviously as kids we can't go well I am gay because it's a thing inside me about me fancying someone but like similar to you being like I mustn't like dancing too much that was me being like (laughs) I mustn't be so obsessed with Mel C I mustn't (laughs) be so like why don't I why don't I just like boyzone for a bit like it it just so relates to that yeah same with me and the Spice Girls yeah I'm pretending that I fancy Victoria Beckham but I just think I want to be in the Spice Girls but I just want to be her friend yeah I just want to be her friend I just want to be her best friend (laughs) yeah so you know yeah didn't have didn't have anything other than this uh, had no representation mm. had no way of learning about it either you know like and the idea that the, the idea that i thought that my pursuits were making me gayer mm. it's a bit like now the, the you know the whole argument of the you know in america of like the more kids are exposed to queerness or a queer book it will make them gay yeah. i kind of believed that about myself and my experience i think but i but i also was so drawn to all of it when i was 14 I was dancing a lot at my high school and I was I was the there were you could do GCSE dance at my mm. high school and the the girls in the year 11 doing GCSE dance and year 10 knew that I was a dancer and they would ask me to dance in their choreography pieces and the school were like quite like championing of me but they they also forced me to like perform in a, some assemblies like contemporary dance where I was like you know I was 14 and I was being thrown around the stage by like by like 16 year old girls and <laughs> and and I knew that it would have consequence like I knew it would be and I was like really badly bullied for it yes which which was like you know not great but at, at 14 
I felt such a sense of shame about those things and about being bullied that I thought I can change this. I'll give all of it up. And also those girls were like, they were like really good friends of mine and they were like, they would like hug me in the corridor and stuff. And and I just felt like my association with them was, was not good for me. It was like, you know, it was leading to me being, being bullied. But also I was like, I think it's me. I think it's making, I think these girls are making me gay. (laughs) So I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. Yeah, and like gave it all up and told my parents I was like I don't want to dance I don't want to go stage by stage I don't want to do any, any of it anymore and, and t- told all of those girls to stop hugging me to kind of stop being friendly with me and that was another like massive self-editing thing and, and then decided I was going to study all sciences and that I was going to do medicine and that I wasn't ever going to perform or, or act again and really all motivated by trying to take control over not becoming gay which is crazy. Yeah. But, and because of not, because of having nothing to look to and know where to learn about it and also not having anyone to communicate to, I didn't ever... I told my sister when I think I was about eight an episode of This Life was on and uh, there was a gay kiss in it. And I remember saying to Emma, I remember saying, oh, I was watching it in her bedroom on a tiny TV. And I remember saying, oh, I think I like that. And... And I think what came out of that, I think there was a conversation had with my mum or my parents. And then I remember a conversation with my mum about that. And whatever happened there, I then learned that wasn't okay, Mm. I think, and completely um, shut it down. Uh, But yeah. Yeah, yeah, it just, it was, it was, it's very strange that, well, I I guess, um, yeah, it's not strange. It's, it's, um, it's kind of you do, do the maths if you've got nothing to look at yeah you've got nothing to, exactly. learn, to learn from and you're kind of totally in the dark guessing yeah you know? and just controlling what you can control as a kid yeah like you have exactly. so little autonomy exactly but it's yeah. like well if I do these these are the options that I have and I'm just going to do this because yeah. that makes the most sense in my 14 yeah. year old hormonal brain yeah yeah totally totally yeah. and so how long was it then until you picked it back up and were like, oh no, fuck it, I want to do it? <laughs> it was. So I so I did the sciences and I did still do GCSE drama. Mm-hmm. I think mostly because like, I knew I could get a good Great, grade yeah. in it. But my drama teacher was like, I think you should go and do, I want you to audition for National Youth Theatre. Mm-hmm. They do summer courses. And I was like, mm. I think I was just, I think I felt like, really made up that she's kind of chosen me <laughs> or, or suggested it yeah. so I was like okay yeah I'll go I'll go and I'll, and I'll audition yeah and it's worth noting for people that aren't into uh into sort of acting or people that are that don't live in the UK national youth is like a big deal yeah here. yeah like loads of actors that you will be well aware of have come through national youth yes I I never did it and I always I didn't know about it until I got to drama right. school and then I like I was jealous of the, the summers that kids that yeah. went, went to my drama school had had at National Youth. Oh my God, I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of people say that, you know, I've got friends that didn't do it and I'm like, I didn't, just didn't know about it. Yeah, same. And it yeah. is kind of a little, it's kind of a little mafia, I think, of, of, <laughs> of, of, of people that have, that have, you know, passed through those doors or whatever. But yeah, so she sent me along to audition for them and then I did a three-week course in London at Suffernal Park and that must have felt exciting. Did you come and live in London for oh three weeks? Oh my god! Yeah, lived oh. in lived in a horrible <laughs> um, <laughs> halls in Tufnell Park. Oh, oh, it was so grimy, but but it was so 
exciting. Yeah. And yeah. special. You must have felt so special. I felt so chosen. special. And like day, th- yeah, like an audition, I had to wait to hear that I got in. And then like day three, I was like, oh my God, I love this. I'm going to yeah. be an actor. And yeah, by, by the end of, you do it three weeks. Well, you used to, you don't anymore, which is actually quite long. Um, and by the end of the three weeks, I was like, yes, I'm doing this. I want to go to drama school. I want to go to drama school. And then came back and chose my subjects for A-level and did photography, drama, English, communications, and then dropped communications and did dance A-level. I did dance A-level. Did you? I did, yeah. Stop it. Yeah. I, I can do a bit of contemporary, sure. Yes, same. Sure. Contemporary. She Can't, she does. She does a little. Sure, sure. she does too. Let me tell you. <laughs> Can't wait to be at a party drunk at some point and oh, for us to be doing yes. some contemporary. Some high kicks and some oh, interpretive. Something sort of on, a, on an yes. angle. Everyone would be so surprised, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, those two showing off. What a good shock. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this at all. Um, so now I know that you went, you went to Lambda, which is a really brilliant drama school um, here in the UK. Yeah. And I mean, then I'm trying to think because it would have been the same time as me. Yeah. Um, I feel like the only out. I don't even know if he was properly out then, Kevin Spacey. Which of course after that came all of the horrific things that he did. But yeah. I remember when he, when I was at drama school, might be the same for you. It's when he like just took over the, the old Vic. Yeah. And it, I feel like there was lots of rumours about his sexuality, but I don't feel like there were loads of out. Actors, like, I mean, there's not loads now. Yeah. But when you were at drama school, did you have the mentality that I also had for some of drama school where I was like, well, I don't come out. I just won't ever come out. Yeah. I, Even if I identify as gay. Yeah. I would I, never do it. I, I hadn't, I hadn't kind of gone that far as identifying right, yet. Okay. The, uh, I, again, I, at the age of 18, I, I um, made a choice. So I was, I, I was so passionate about dancing as well. Mm-hmm. And like, I loved my A-level a dance. And I also really wanted to act. But I had um, the choice to go and train as a dancer at a contemporary school, at contemporary schools, or or as an actor, basically. I really, dance is like my first passion. Really? Yeah. And I made that choice again at the age of 18. I made it based on thinking that if I spent three years at a dance school, I would definitely be gay. Yeah, I, w- I think there's mandatory bumming. <laughs> yes, <laughs> mandatory bumming at a ballet bar. <laughs> oh, turn it to a tongue twister. Um, yeah, I was like, well, it's going to make me gay. Mandatory bumming at the ballet bar, as we said. Mm. And so went to drama school thinking, well, I was so I was also so passionate about acting. And but I it was so it was still such a weird blind spot for me I knew this about myself but I still thought that I had the power to change it Mm -hmm. and was still really holding on to that and I thought that like drama school it's funny isn't it because I do remember thinking like maybe I'll get a chance to somewhere deep inside me I was like maybe I'll get a chance to kiss a boy maybe there'll be other yeah maybe (laughs) yeah exactly maybe there'll be other boys here and I remember my speech that I chose is from a Peter Gill play called Certain Young Men and it was I was in the speech to get into Lambda and, and the drama schools, he was a young male prostitute. And so, like, I I could kind of, like, play it. And I was yeah. kind of, like, drawn to it. And and I was I was aware that people thought I was gay. All of my friends, even at National Youth Theatre, would always call me gay. Not even in a... Not in, not in an embodying sense, just, like, uh, calling it out. But in a kind of, like... I don't know, it was weirdly affectionate. But, yeah, went to, went to Lambda, still kind of going, well, I think I'll be able to not be gay <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah there weren't there weren't many out actors 
that I can think of, really. Yeah. And there weren't many gay people at Lambda either. No. No, there were like less than, there were like five, I think, across like three years and a, and a, and a bunch of courses. Yeah. The same, same with where I went. It wasn't full of gays. Yeah. It wasn't. <laughs> Bloody bloody surprise, Full of it? gays. I'm st- and I, yeah, I'm the only gay in my year group now as well. Yeah. I think I thought that like a bunch of us would probably end up coming, coming out. Coming out. have not. Just oh, me. <laughs> damn them. Come on, boys, come mm-hmm. out. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Um, <laughs> mainly because they're not gay. Yeah, that would be why. <laughs> That's the yeah, They've issue. got, like, family and kids now. And, yeah. <laughs> you graduated from drama school. And, like, I was yeah. looking through your IMDb mm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, like, you've worked loads. <laughs> She's worked. But, I mean, it is sort of, you know, I'm sure, you know, like everyone, there, there might have been moments here and there. But it yeah. felt like you came out of drama school and, like, there were, you were consistently working yeah, like, I was, like straight in. There was telly. There was theatre. You were just working. Yeah, I was really lucky. Yeah, in my third year, I I left early to do two different um, TV shows with mm. with amazing people. I was like pinching myself and terrified as well. But yeah, I was I was really lucky. I had a really good really good start out of yeah out of third year of Lambda. And so, at what point in this, like <laughs> you've you know you've come to London, you're at drama school. It's sort of heady because you've. Like you're good at something and you found people that are also into it, I'm mm-hmm. guessing. And then you leave drama school early to work, which is like, fuck, this is awesome. Was there always like that little thing in your tummy of like, oh, I'm never going to deal with this? Oh, like with, with knowing that you were gay, was it always like yeah. in the background? Was it always yeah, it was always clouding things? Yeah, in my, in my third year, I realised... I'd ha- had a had a serious girlfriend at drama school, mm. uh, who's a friend of mine now. But in my third year, I realised that I was in love with my best friend. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, I am obsessed with him. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was actually offered a film in my third year that would that I uh, would have been would have meant that I would be filming in Greece for three months. I would have had to have left drama school, and the other two jobs I did were. Well, one of them actually, one of them was abroad as well. But but when I was offered that film, the reason I couldn't do it in my head was because I couldn't leave him. I was like, oh. this, "What is this? I, what is this? I can't think about." Are you still friends with him now? Yeah, he's he's like, well, yes. Does he know all this? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's one of my one of my, I saw him yesterday actually. Oh. Um, I was I was best man at uh, him and his wife's uh, wedding. Cry the whole day. <laughs> no, I, no, no, I made a brilliant speech. I did. Through I did. Tears. I did acknowledge it in my speech. It was a great joke. It really landed. It's my stand-up moment. Yeah, but I. But that is when. Yeah, third year. I was like, oh, well, this feels. This feels pretty significant. Mm. And then, but still, still try to be like, I think I'm gonna be able to squash that down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, left working and just being a bit unsure about all of that but pretty determined to always come come up come off as straight yeah yeah be straight playing yeah be straight playing and just be straight in the yeah like none of my friends when i told him i loved him he was you know he was the only person that knew at that point i'd never said never mentioned it to anyone else did you tell him when you were still at drama school yeah i did yeah I'm really giving you the juice. Oh my god! <laughs> Just put it into an IV and get it straight into my arm. This juice. You're getting it all. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I told him when I in third year. Yeah. Was that liberating? Ooh, it was. Yeah, it kind of was. 
Yeah, it led to it led to like a it led to like my first real understanding and brush with heartbreak though because mm. he it wasn't reciprocated no and no, he was a wife and all <laughs> yeah now he's got a wife mm. and i'm like god a godfather to their kid as well one of their oh. kids they're great friends man. yeah but he was lovely very gracious yeah. he was like thank you for sharing that with me i love you too in a, but in a different way and then i was like heartbroken and went away and <laughs> worked in south africa in the end and like sang about it in the shower oh, and of like course. yeah <laughs> having your Adele moment in the shower yes. i get it families have a lot going on let ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up like delicious lolly focus pops or lolly mellow pops for kids and for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So from that guy then, yeah. you know, very closeted, but telling one person that he's in love with him, seeing in the shower to like now being massively out and playing <laughs> yeah, out massively like, what, out <laughs> what um was there a point that you thought and i don't mean coming out in a public way because i know yeah. that happened later yeah but there was a point was was there a point where you went i can't this like i can't i can't squash it no yeah. matter how hard i try this just isn't going away yeah there was it was it was once i've been working for about two or three years in tv and i joined lark christ to candleford mm-hmm. which is a like a Sunday evening yeah. kind of prime time really big it was big at really the time really big yeah, the time. Yeah. sort of like a period n- drama but like very Downton bo- Abbey type thing <clears throat> of yes. like Sunday nights the whole family can sit down and watch yeah, it yeah it was a slightly kind of more mellow sleepier version mm. Victorian yeah Downton Abbey-esque thing type thing yeah where storylines could be like Queenie's lost a shoe and the whole episode would be about someone losing a shoe. <laughs> you know, but, the, but the nation loved it. Sure. Um, why wouldn't they? But I was cast as like the the love interest in that. Mm. And there was something about I was and the other two jobs I'd done previously to that were also love interests and and like my first my first couple of jobs I was like doing sex scenes with these incredible actresses who mm. were super experienced and I was it was just all it all happened quite quickly but for some reason turning up on the set of that I started to worry that I couldn't convince I start I had enough knowledge about myself that I couldn't that I was worried that I wouldn't pull off acting straight right which is something that I think also drew me to acting as well and that I wanted to be able, I wanted to be able to kind of do that and prove that I could do that control but, yeah yeah control and I knew that if I was exposed I knew enough about the industry to know that if I was exposed as gay or I came off as gay that I wouldn't work mm-hmm. that I would work less and I wouldn't get jobs and that it was essential really to be able to play straight even though I wasn't identifying as gay or telling anyone that I was gay it was like this information I just had to myself. Were you having like flings or like? No, I no, like, no, no, I, I wasn't. No, you weren't like getting a, any sort of affection. Or no, like, I didn't kiss a guy until I was twenty-three. Like, right. yeah, so I stayed w- well yeah, the, away the, from the, it. The closet door was well and truly <laughs> was locked. Well and truly locked. Yeah, chain but on, I, <laughs> chain Bye-bye. on, all the locks. But yeah, I, I, there was something about. I remember that my. I think it was my first day on Lark Rise. Uh, there was a director who came up to me and 
I think I was quite nervous, which is something I, I hadn't been nervous really on set yet. I was kind of always so pleased to be there, mm. but I was really nervous for some reason. I think it was because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to pull this off and just like, you know, in a saboteur and mm. that, yeah. all of that was like really firing. And she came up to me and she said, you're just not, you're just not acting sexy, just act sexy. And she like pushed my shoulders back and lifted my chin up and kind of manhandled me a little bit. And I to totally interpreted that as you're acting gay. And it just like set off, yeah, just loads of anxiety in me. And I spent that that whole first season kind of wrestling with that and was really, I was living in Bath, which is bloody mm -hmm. gorgeous, on the bloody Royal Crescent Lovely. in an amazing apartment. I was like, yes, working on this BBC primetime drama, but I was really unhappy. I was like really not enjoying doing, being an actor. And also was I was like, something's not quite working here and I'm just coming up against this kind of like am I pulling off am I pulling straight off the, mm. the the whole time and yeah around then I think when we went into the second season of that I was like oh, I, I, these I, these feelings are just bubbling over mm -hmm. I've got to at least try like kissing a guy mm -hmm. and seeing how that feels and I created a profile on Guardian Soulmates mm -hmm. and listed myself as bisexual Right. And went on a date. And how, do you remember? No one knew about it. Like none of my friends knew about it. Do you remember how you felt leaving the flat to go on the date? Yeah, I felt. I, I think I felt quite fizzy. I think mm. I felt quite excited, which yeah. is interesting. Like, but also I really had managed to convince. Not even convince. Yeah, I think I had convinced myself that it was like an experiment. Mm -hmm. And I, up to that point, I was like still occasionally sleeping with women, mm -hmm. and yeah, it, that was also that. It was really confusing for me my sexuality. I think because I could sleep with women and had girlfriends and that all was all functional and great and I enjoyed yeah. it um and so I was like I don't quite know what I am like in a way but I definitely know that I am attracted to men and yes yeah, so I felt quite fizzy I felt yeah. quite excited I think and strangely like yeah liberated it was exciting I, I was also really scared yeah of course yeah. and then once you were sort of dipping your toes into the... Toys. 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 <laughs> I said toes in a really funny way. Like, dipping your toes into a heterosexual, a homosexual... I'm sort of being Liza. Liza oh, the Z. <laughs> um, when you were dipping your toes into the homosexual... Oh, it's because I was thinking of saying pool or puddle. And then I said toes. Um, we, then it must have been as... Once you were like, oh yeah, this is once my toe was in. Once you once you once you were all the way up to like your thighs, were you thinking like, oh fuck, now I might get outed? Yeah, you're on telly, like yes, you know you're on. That's a, another yeah. So, so when I went on Guardian Soulmates, I didn't put any pictures on. there. Yeah, right. Like of I was, ve I was super. Yeah, I was terrified of not even that there was no there wasn't enough public interest in me. I don't think. To, no, it wouldn't have been a story. I don't think. Or it might no, have, it might have been. I don't know. But you just but you can. But it's easy to create that in your head, even if like, yeah, you know, or, or to think, oh God, if this becomes a thing, would it stop me from working? Absolutely. I yeah. completely believe that. Yeah. Super guarded. And and, and I had, didn't really tell many friends, but as you said, once I was up to my knees in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, toes, knees. Yeah, toes, knees. <laughs> it kind of, it kind, I kind of let it happen quite slowly yeah. I think like it was quite gradual and then I didn't do a coming out like I kind of really with amongst my friends I kind of like drip fed everyone mm. nuggets because I and that's because I couldn't bear the idea of like it being a kind of dramatic reveal yeah um I think and really that was a lot of self-protection protect 
Because then if you do a reveal, people have reactions. Yeah, but also I think I would have a reaction. I, mm. I was really avoidant of that big emotional breakdown and I didn't want it to feel like a big switch or change in my life. I just wanted to be like, yeah, I just say kiss boys now. <laughs> <laughs> which, I, which is kind of like how I told a lot of my friends. It was like, I kissed a guy last night. And they'd be like, and all of my friends knew. knew. Yeah, like all, all had suspicions or definitely had conversations about it. it. Looking back, it felt like the thing that everyone had spoke about, spoken about, but they hadn't spoken to me about it. Right. Which is quite respectful, really. Yeah, and it's sometimes, no, often we're not ready to be asked. Yeah. It's better if people just like let us come to it, but are very open when we do. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I was just like, yeah, I kissed a boy and minimised all of it, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, other than with my parents, who eventually I felt like I had to tell because I ended up in my first relationship mm. when I was like 26. Yeah. So, yeah. But up until, really up until my first relationship, I, it was all a little bit like not quite official. Right. And then when you were in a relationship, presumably you keep working and you're, mm-hmm. you know, are, are you then in a stage even more so where you're not wanting to be outed or yeah i can't imagine what that, that's like because i've always been very out because you know often what you do is stand up as you talk about yourself yeah um, when did you come out i came out when i was 21 right at drum school right so I, when i went to drum school i, <sighs> I knew that i was gay yeah. but i went and i'd already sort of had dalliances with girls but yeah. i went with a boyfriend and was like I'm not, and I genuinely remember thinking, I'm not going to be like Portia de Rossi. She came out and she lost all of her work. Right. Oh, because I was really into Alan McBeal. Of course, who wasn't? <laughs> and and like an Ellen coming out and losing her sitcom. They were, they were only really the two gay women that I was really aware of. And yeah. I remember thinking, not me. No way. I want to be an actress more than I want to be gay. I remember thinking that. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And And then it got too loud. And I got too sad. <laughs> too loud. Yeah, well, same. Too loud and too sad. sad. Yeah. And then I thought, well... And that, were there were there any other girls that were queer at... No, none. Right. None. But I had, like, my my best friend, who is still my best friend, who's Northern, who had, like, the best response, just like, no one cares. <laughs> she was like, like it's good <laughs> for you, but no one cares. No one will care. And I just remember... All I remember about telling her is I remember looking at her... It was in the period where Ugg boots were a real thing. Oh, my gosh. And I, as I was telling her, all, all I can remember is I just looked at her coral Ugg boots for such a long time. Oh, Just because I was so worried about her response. I couldn't wow, look her in the eye. Oh, I couldn't bring her, her eyes up. But her response was great. Yeah. Of course it was. Yeah, yeah, of course it was, yeah. Well, and I suppose we're luck- still lucky that it was great, but yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah yes, absolutely, you're right. Would we call this couch the Ron Coral? I would say so. I would say it's, I think this colour is actually Ugg Coral. That's what they call it, yeah. It's, that's, in, a slightly, you wanna, in a squeaky leather. Yeah, if How you want to get up your house... <laughs> I can get you the... It's not triggering you back, though, is it? No, no. If no, anything, no. I feel quite comforted by it. Of course. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because who cares? Who cares? Yeah. So then you were closeted. Yes. Uh, were, you, were you at that point, like, thinking, like, oh, God, if I get a mass... If I all of a sudden have, like, a huge career moment... Yeah. Like, Our Girl is was pretty big, wasn't it? I remember watching Our Girl and yeah. it being, like... was you? Were you aware then? You were like, oh, God, if I get outed... Yeah. Am I gonna? Am I? Is there gonna be roles that just don't yes, come my way? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I knew. I knew by then. Yeah. So my my first boyfriend. I was. I was twenty six, and I was. Yeah. I was working. He was on a very big and beloved uh, British soap. Oh, he's an actor as well. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, Were you both in the closet? 
Yes. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. And Roommates, he was like, re- he was like, yeah, yeah. Well, the we, thing is, we weren't in the closet to our friends at, no. at all. Right, so okay, like, sure. So by that point, all of my friends knew. Yep. I'd written my parents a letter. I told my sisters, which is like the most kind of intense coming out version of a coming out that I had done. Right. Yeah. So everyone in my personal life knew, but like, yeah, in, in a professional sense, I would never mm. dare to kind of speak it on set or in an audition room yeah, or casting directors a, knowing or in anything a like that chair mm. or to my agent even like really? my yeah my agent didn't didn't know he's, he's gay himself but or, or he had to pretend not to know for years which I can't I still can't get the truth out of him um, <laughs> uh, but yeah we we both were very determined that it wasn't an option for people to know and you know he also had like the press had tried to he, uh, out him a, li- oh, a little really? bit yeah yeah and so i i think it was a it was a wonderful first relationship it was like oh my god I, being in love and being loved was just the most amazing feeling mm-hmm. after after not i hadn't ever that's what it came down to for me as well it wasn't a physical thing it was that i had never fallen in love with any of the girls I dated mm. and like falling in love was just the most magical thing for me it was the be- it was better than to be honest it was better than any career success yeah. or anything it's like really what I needed and him loving that part of you that you yeah. hated yeah and he was older than me as well and it was just like it was it was wonderful it was a great mm. first relationship but we but I suppose I did learn in that relationship not just through him but that being out and being an actor wasn't those things wasn't an option wasn't an option it would i would never be able to play the things that i want to be able to play and and that really was compounded I, I i think when i was in our first year of us being together or maybe just before us getting together actually i went in went over to la and did a pilot season and my my american manager didn't know i was gay my british agent didn't know i was gay i ended up on a pilot for the CW who like you know they made Gossip Girl mm-hmm. and at the time the CW was kind of huge it was right. like and I kind of couldn't believe I'd gone out and done my first pilot season and landed this like huge pilot uh, I was playing an angel sure <laughs> it reads to me an angel who fell to earth fell in love with a woman asked God to spend time on earth as a human so that he could have a so he could pursue this woman he'd fallen in love with and he fell in love with her when he saved her for mm-hmm. the second from a bomb right and so he came to earth without any of his angelic powers and ended up being her a paralegal in her law firm her like assistant right <laughs> so it's like a an angel legal courtroom drama but they, not enough of them <laughs> not enough of, definitely not enough of them but yeah they were you know and it was it was again a romantic part yeah and and there were subtle things mooted at me that if there was anything to keep private, or anything about myself that sh- people shouldn't know, then to keep it that way. And was that from execs? It was, was from, that producers, from producers, yeah. And it was yeah. said in a very kind of fun, kind way. Mm. But it... <laughs> it sounds <laughs> it said, fun and kind. It was said in quite an innocent way, as in like, you know... It, yeah. Like this is a romantic leader and people need to carry on believing that they yeah. could fall in love with you. Yeah, and Women I don't, need to watch I don't this. know if they were even sniffing something or not, but it was just like... But a, they might say that to every man. <laughs> just FYI. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I and that really... And I, I was just getting... To, it was before I was with my first boyfriend. I was just getting to grips with myself and I was like, boom! I mean, talk about being thrust back into the, oh. to the closet. I was and like, And like, that's Whoa. like, hey, have some more gay shame. Yeah, totally. Eat this shame. Yeah, yeah. 
eat it. And that project didn't end up being a full series. So, mm. like, I didn't actually have to navigate that. But, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Our Girl, yeah, I think that was definitely hugely on my mind yeah. going into filming that. Because yeah. it's such a... Someone saying that to you, it, you know, and even if it came from sort of a good place in a way... Mm. And I think it probably doesn't matter what you do for a job, but, they, you know, in those formative years when you're working out who you are in your career, mm. that's so compounding, isn't it? Having someone yeah. say something like that. That's like, oh, great, I'll carry this for a decade, I guess. Yeah. This one thing that you, this comment that you've said off the cuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'll carry this for years. Thanks yeah, very much. Yeah, yeah, and I did. I did carry it for, yeah, quite a few quite a few years. But it, but not only that situation, it was just a known thing. Like, any of my friends, I did have some friends that were gay actors. We just all knew. Yeah, You know, in fact, some of my friends, we kind of even coach each other through like how to navigate not talking about our boyfriends at work. And it's a strange thing because mm. you, you end up being kind of half yourself. Yeah, of course. And then how can you get to know people? Can you have like yeah. great mates and that you meet at work? Exactly. And you're managing so much. And Our Girl actually was the first... I was terrified of coming out to that cast because I was playing this like alpha. Yeah. And, like the, a- and the director and the producers were... And we had these uh, military military advisors that were all obsessed with me pulling off the fact that I was like this four tours Afghanistan captain. Mm. And it was all about masculinity. Yeah, being and, macho. Yeah, being macho. And I was on a cast where everyone else was straight and they were such lovely uh, guys, but I was like the oldest and they were these young these young actors playing these young squaddies and we did, we did a week's worth of boot camp where we had to like stay in character the whole time. Wow. Yeah, it was so wow, intense. Wow, that's like, like the really... most Hollywood intense thing I've ever done and they were trying to get me to like boss them around as Ben, like let them know when they could eat their lunch or like getting them to do press-ups for me if they were like, if they were like jippy or anything or it was, and I was just like, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that was having to like, yeah, it was weird. I was kind of like being judged whether I was... I'd already got the job, but whether I was... Whether I could pull off the part or not. And again, it kind of like triggered me back to that Lark Rise to Count... Those Lark Rise to Count yeah, days where I was be like... Sexy. Be, be sexy. Be sexy, yeah. be manly, oh. be masculine. And it meant a lot to me to be able to do that. And I remember watching it back and being like, oh, I think I've pulled that off. Yeah, uh, yeah, you I've definitely did. Off. Yeah, but, but, but now I kind of feel a bit twisted about that because I feel a little bit like, oh, it's a real shame that that, that was my, my preoccupation obviously was do good acting but, but was, it was like do good straight acting yeah of course and that thing that you were doing from when you were like eight of being like edit edit edit, 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 edit. yes totally yeah edit control edit control yeah so then how do we get I'm, I'm very aware of time oh it's quite we've been chatting for so long um, and I know you've I've got, been monologuing it's no, been such I therapy it. I loved it I loved it um, but I'm just wondering before you nip off um, oh, God. it has been ages yeah which I've loved I've bloody loved um we probably missed some chunks. What happened three years ago then when you thought, fuck it, I'm just going to come out? Yeah, let's get through it. Let's get to it. Yeah, so so totally out in my in my personal life. Like, mm-hmm. if you knew me, you know, I'm gay. I wasn't hiding that. But yeah, still, still within work, it didn't feel like a totally... On set, I would... I, at that point, three years ago, was, was a gay man. Sure. And I realised that... I was probably, and my my ex boyfriend at the time probably has a lot to do with this. In a very loving way, was just kind of gently challenging me on whether I was potentially conveniently still hiding behind 
a kind of straight perception of me if I was still afraid that the industry would kind of reject the truth wow that if I came out and he was he was right and I still I still was you know I was still and had he decided to come out by this point yeah this is right. this is, this is diff- couple of boyfriends later oh so couple sorry boyfriends so, later, sorry, yeah. so sorry <laughs> I mean he's a good looking boy you understand <laughs> this, it I relate uh, couple of boyfriends later and um, and uh, he wasn't acting at the time actually right. he's a photographer based in LA also 10 years younger than me so I'd had a very different experience sure. to me yeah and we would just have these conversations it really came about the conversations came about because uh, some of his friends had put some photos of us or like a story of us on Instagram right and I, and I was like can you remove that because I was still thought it would have an impact so yeah. and uh yeah I, I really um it was during lockdown um, him and I were both living in Devon. I, I really started to contemplate it seriously, and and was like, yeah, actually, I'm feeling really at odds about this. You know that that there is a, and I, I would never, I've never, and still don't think of myself as like a public mm-hmm. persona or anything at all. Really. No, there's not loads of interviews that you've done. Like you know, you don't put yourself out there in a massive way no no and like yeah and i don't i didn't i don't really you're not an instagrammy person not massively no like I, I, for work I, yeah like i do, definitely just do yeah. it for work but it's like not very personal quite businessy and mine too yeah yeah it just feel that just feels right mm. for me i was just a bit like i think there's a bit of a strange disconnect here i want to claim it for myself it, mm. it, it really was just that and it and i and i was like if there are people who don't want to work with me because of this fact i don't want to work with them Totally. Um, and also, you know, during during the first lockdown, there was a, I think there was a, there was a race reckoning. There, were, you know, there were we were reckoning ourselves. We were learning a lot about ourselves through yep, social media. I was I was um, being vocal uh, for Black Lives Matter in my own way, and then I was like, but I'm not, but I'm not being vocal for who I am, mm. and that felt like a huge huge kind of discrepancy. Yeah. And yeah, so I just really did that post for 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 myself and kept it short and sweet and it it felt I didn't even realize but when I hit um post I hadn't realized how massive that would feel and like I felt like I was breathing a different quality of air. I felt super liberated. I suddenly became really interested in uh, in queer culture in mm-hmm. in stuff that I just denied any interest in. Yeah, and because I was you're allowed like, to. You yes. allowed yourself. I was like, it. give me the books, and that's still an ongoing thing for me. Like, I I am so passionate about <laughs> about musical theatre, but I had like denied that mm. so early on in my life, and and had kept it in a kind of denied place. Yeah. That like I'm there's still things that I'm reconnecting to now that I'm like. Oh, oh! I tidied away that that way because I was ashamed of that. Yeah, and I and you know, so there's still. Are you ringing your agent now, being like, "Can I be seen for musicals?" Yes. Good yeah, 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 totally, yeah. And 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 just my interests in general. Yeah, the last three years, it's been different. And, and the phone carried on ringing. The phone carried on ringing and car- and and started ringing for different stuff. You know, it started ringing to play to tell queer stories, which is, which has changed. It totally changed my life. Change the way I act. Change the way. Also, that second coming out or the the public coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I didn't realise, but that it meant I had these these emotional floodgates were opened. Mm. I remember I remember for the, after the first time kind of coming out when I was twenty six, being able to cry a bit more and being like, <laughs> or being a bit like, ooh, ooh, I kind of fe- I can kind of feel everything, and I was very yeah. much in love as well. So I was like, oh my god, love! It's so transformational, <laughs> which it is. Um, but but then but then like the public coming out, yeah, just like whoa, like oh wow, the floodgates have opened, and I and I'm feeling real. I've got a full spectrum of feelings. And that's also influenced my acting as well, I think, in, in terms of the s- stories that I'm able to tell and what I'm connecting to and my empathy for the queer men that I'm playing. It's been transformational in the in the best, best way. I'm so glad. And it's weird. It, it just feels like it. I didn't do it. I did it in spite of it kind of affecting my yeah. career. I didn't do it because I thought it would, like, get me parts. No, I don't think anyone does. I don't think <laughs> no. that you think that it's going to help. Yeah, but, I, don't, I think that... Uh, but doing it for you yes. meant that you were open yeah. to, the, to this yeah. new world of, of work. Yeah, a journalist once said to me, do you think the universe is rewarding you for coming out? <laughs> and I was like, it, it felt very kind of self-centred to, yeah. to think of it that way. I was like, yeah. rewarding me? Of course not rewarding me. I was like, I don't think it's rewarding me, but I think interacting in the world in a more authentic way the world will react differently to you and i think that's all that's all that's happened and it's been it has been very rewarding but yeah now i have the final question i ask absolutely everyone that comes on the show and it's sort of like a version of you know if you could speak to your younger self or indeed oh you're gonna cry i've already had to hold back the tears a couple times no no (laughs) was it when i said tears i was like oh my god he got me right there um no i'm thick because people that are listening there might be someone listening that's going through a similar thing right now yeah you know and it's not just an age thing we have people that listen to the show that are you know much older than me that Mm -hmm. are still working out how to come out and working out how they can navigate it in their own ways yeah but i'm thinking of that version of you that was 14 doing Mm. contemporary dance who then like made a decision not to be that guy and told your friends not to hug you. If you could reach out to him or someone like him that's navigating a similar thing at the yeah. moment and just pop your arm around him and give him a bit of love and give him a bit of advice, yeah. what would you say? I'd say, don't be afraid. That's what I'd say. I was so afraid. There's like, it's the old adage, it, it only gets better. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 fear and shame was were such drivers in my life, and um, they just didn't need to be. They just really didn't need to be, and I've never lost anything at any stage of the way by by deciding to be more authentic than me. But I was <clears throat> sorry. Oh, there's emotion. <laughs> but I was told, I think, or shown, or uh, just believed. I believed that that I would lose so much at every step, mm. and I didn't. I gained. I gained every single time, and still do every time. Yeah, because I think I still battle, and I think we we do as gay people still continuously battle shame. T- sometimes it's so, so unfortunately for some of us kind of uh entwined into our being mm-hmm. that like we still ha- you know i can still be reshamed at points and and every time i learn more about myself or become more proud because that you know it's a journey then like yeah it's only gaining so i think i would just be like yeah gains bruv <laughs> gains bruv i mean the perfect I absolutely way to... wouldn't say that <laughs> <laughs> the perfect way to win the podcast ben, thank you so much I thank loved you this. oh my god it's flown by i'm so sorry i think i've just been monologuing no i've been i've been falling in love with you i mean guys i'm straight oh god <laughs> <laughs> turned turned with the toes, <laughs> toes. toes. <laughs> that was thank perfect you so thank you thank you 
Thank you so much for listening to today's conversation. Wasn't that just the best conversation with Ben? Oh, what a wonderful man. I love him. Okay, you can get in touch with me. You always can. The email is hello at oursusieruffle.com. As I said, I think there'll be another episode coming, or maybe two. I'm doing everything I can to try and get as many interviews as possible, try and cover the smorgasbord of LGBTQIA plus people as much as I possibly can. And hopefully there'll be a couple more episodes next week. But until then, I hope that you have a great week. Look after yourself and I'll see you then. Bye. Bye.